So we need to make sure that it's not in vain. Thank you, veterans. Thank you for all you have done. Well, today um, we have a wonderful, wonderful special guest that's going to really bless you with a message that will change your life, that will change the things you're going through, and I'm really excited about that. Pastor Scott and I have been friends for a, a long time, and you know, I, I don't get to see him very often. I mean, we see each other every three years or so. But it's just like, uh, you know, it's like that old best friend walks through the door every time he comes and every time we have an opportunity to be together. And so I'm so blessed. Um, we were trying to figure out exactly how long it's been. Scott's been uh, part of my life for a long time. He's been a friend. He's been a mentor ever since I was a member in his youth group. <laughs> Good luck using the joke you had planned earlier. <laughs> Church, you're going to be blessed. Let me just, uh, again, uh, the gentleman had the opportunity this weekend of hearing some incredible ministry, and now we will all be the recipient of that. Will you welcome Pastor Scott Crenshaw? Well, thank you guys so much. It is, it's, it's a joy to get to be here with you guys at New Life Church. And, and man, just for Mark and Joni, thank you guys so much. Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry, I got to throw you under the bus, girl. So we're sitting here on the front row, pastors up here, just bringing the word, encouraging. And all of a sudden, Joni's phone starts going off, right? No, no, it gets better. So I know Mark's hearing it. I know he's hearing it. And finally, by the time he's starting to look over, Joni starts handing it to me. <laughs> and I'm like, are you serious? I'm not taking the fall for you. God. I mean, that banana bread was good, but no, I'm not. Oh. So it, it is. I've, I've been blessed, obviously, man, just to get to have the relationship with these two. And, and we've got to serve together and just do ministry together back in youth ministry days. And, and now here, here we are. And um, I just, I, I honor the leadership of your house. I, I, I truly do. I, I honor them. And, 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 and I'm, I'm going to be just very transparent here. I'll be honest with you. If you guys ever, if you ever. Just get those times where you're, you know, get a little disgruntled with your leadership. Go check out another church. You will be coming back, hugging their necks, going, don't ever leave us. Right? Oh, my goodness. I, I, I truly can say this, and this isn't just blowing smoke, man, that it is easy, it is easy for me to love these two. Right? I can't say that about everybody. Uh, I'm just going to be honest. We did a message last week, and I just kind of ripped open my chest cavity and just said, you know, there's some people I have to ask God, give me a love for them, because they're making it difficult, God, right? Your pastor's here. It's Philippians 1.3. I thank my God every time I remember you, and I honestly can say that about your pastor's here. So I just so appreciate these guys. Can y'all just love on them one more time, man, before we dive in? Thank you, guys. Man. It's, been, it's been wonderful to be a part of the, the men's conference. And Paul, you just did such an incredible job putting this base camp together. And this was a time for us as men to come together. And what is base camp? Base camp is a safe place for a dangerous message. Base camp is a place for us as men to be able to come together and rip open chest cavities in a safe place. It's a place for us to encourage one another. It's a place for us to be challenged, but it's a place that men need. You know, God never intended us, gentlemen. He never intended us for us to do it as soloists. And what the enemy so desires to do is he desires to isolate you so that he can intimidate you, so he can annihilate you. Amen. And, and I shared the story with, with the, the guys the very first night that um, what the enemy wants to do is take out the head. Because if you, take out, if you can confuse the men or keep the men wounded, uh, if you can have the men not rise up to what God has really created us for, 
then you've taken out the church. You've taken out your city. You've taken out our country, and you've taken out the family. So I, I so celebrate, man, pastor, your vision for this, Paul. Y'all bring it together, Trevor, man. You guys doing all this. I just hope, gentlemen, I, hope, I really do. I, I hope you will be a part of the next steps of base camp of what this church has in store. And it's been a blast, too. It's been a blast for me. Uh, we have laughed hard. Man, we have told some stupid stories. We have just, we, well, basically, we've been guys. <laughs> and so we... <laughs> We've had a wonderful time in here this weekend, and I was so excited about getting to be with the whole house, getting to be with the whole families and everything. And so it's kind of like the one story of the guy that woke up one Sunday morning, and he was all disgruntled, and he turned over and looked at his wife and said, I'm going to give you three reasons why I'm not going to church today. He goes, number one, those people hate me. He goes, number two, man, the sermons at that church stink. He goes, number three, I just don't feel like it. And his wife, she got all puffy too, and she pulled him face to face and goes, so let me give you three reasons why you are going. <laughs> she goes, number one, the people don't hate you. Number two, the sermons, well, they are what they are. <laughs> but number three, you're the pastor. Get up, let's go. <laughs> so... I celebrate, I celebrate your pastors here, man, and I do. I honor you guys because, like I said, you know, you see them up here and you see them smiling and loving, but, but as, a, as a senior pastor, I, I'm, I'm telling you, there's a lot of attacks that the enemy brings. There's a lot of intimidation. There's a lot of lies that the enemy tries to throw on us as the leadership because he knows if he can take out the head, he'll take out the body. So, so again, man, it, it's not an easy place. But I would even tell you this this morning. Um, there are some times that there are messages that I get so excited about bringing. Like when I was with the men this weekend, the, all three of the messages, we talked about the climb. We talked about that there's no perfect climb. And then we talked about the men in your base camp. I was excited about bringing those messages. I got to be honest. I'm not as excited about bringing the message to you this morning. Because this morning we're going to talk about suffering. <laughs> Thank you, sister. Right. Because all the new people are going, really, we picked today to go to church, this church, right? <laughs> and, and, and let me just say this real quick, if, if I could. If this is your first time here to New Life Church, welcome. Can we say that again? Yes. Welcome to you. We are so glad you're here. And listen, if you do, you enjoy you know, the, the service today, great. Come back and join this group next week. If you don't like the message, I'm the guest speaker. <laughs> all right? So... The reason I feel like Holy Spirit over the last two months has just been stirring me to speak about suffering and has been bringing new enlightenment and new revelation to me, it, especially as, as, as we've gone through a pandemic, as, as, as we see things that are happening in our economy, as we see things happening in our society, as I, as I look at personal things in my life, things happening with my family, things that are happening inside of my church. I just really feel like the Holy Spirit just kept saying, will you talk to our people about suffering? Do you know that inside, inside of the, the Word of God in, in the King James Version Bible, the word suffering shows up 183 different times. There are all these different scriptures about suffering. And so here's what I want to say to you. Every single one of us in this room, every single one of us in this room, you are either in, in some kind of season of pain and suffering, a storm. You're either in the suffering or you've come out of the suffering or you're about to go in the suffering. Every single one of us are in that category. You're either in it right now. In fact, I'm just curious right now. We're, we're all just going to be transparent here today. How many of you right now in this place would say, Scott, I'm in a season of suffering. I'm in a difficult season right now. Okay, okay, okay. And then I would tell you this, I'm going to tell you this, if you're not, and you're going, whoo, point me, whoo, guess what, it's coming. Because you're either in suffering, you're coming out of that season, or you're about to walk into that season. Now, what I do want to do is I, I, I want to bring you some encouragement about suffering. And first off, I, 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 I would simply tell you this. 
You're going to go through. You're going to go through the season. You're going to go through the storm. You're going to go through the fight. It was Winston Churchill who said, if you're walking and you find yourself in hell, keep walking. Amen. And I want to speak this on the, on, 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 from the word of God that it is a season. There is a beginning, there's an end, because there's some of you, tell me if I'm missing this, there's some of you that are going, this is just going to be a way of life, I guess. And I'm here to tell you this, it's not. It's not a way of life. It is a season that Father is going to bring you through. Now, I will also tell you this, there, there are times the part of the agenda that God has for you, and, and we all know Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future, amen? amen. He also said this. Woo, I got a good one for you. He also said this. He said, all things, say all things. All things work together for the good of those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Say all things. Because we can look at certain things and go, God, that cannot be of you. And God may say, no, that's not of me. But guess what? Because you're my son, you're my daughter, I'm going to use it for the good in your life. Amen. And there are some of the things, I'm just going to tell you. There's some of the good that you cannot get to unless you go through. I wish there was another way. Because you and me, tell me if I'm missing this, we, we fight hard to get away from pain and to comfort. I, oh. Some of y'all say, hey, today we're talking about suffering. You're like, check please. Yeah, oh. Oh, Joni's calling me. I gotta go. Uh, whatever. We'll fight. We will fight hard to get to comfort, but hear me again. There are certain things, go to the book of James. There are certain things that we cannot get to unless we go through the suffering. I had a time just recently, a couple years ago, I was diagnosed with cancer. And when I was at the hospital, um, checked in, doctor had to do a really painful procedure on me. And he walks out of the room and he comes back about 15 minutes later and he goes, yeah, we're going to need to up this. We're going to need to start all over. I'm like, yeah, okay. Walks out, does, starts the procedure all over again. Walks out 30 minutes later, comes back and goes, yeah, we're going to have to start again. Right? And this time, <laughs> he's getting me all hooked up and, and, and I grabbed his arm and I said, Seriously, I got to ask this question. Is there any other way? And I'll never forget, man, just the stoic look on his face. And he says, Scott, I'm sorry. He goes, there's no other way. Will you hear God whisper this to some of you today? Because some of you are in the midst of a suffering and God is whispering into your ear because you've been asking the question. You've been wondering if God knows where you are. You've been wondering if God knows the pain that you've been going through. You've asked, maybe you've even asked like the disciples, do you care the pain that I'm going through? And you've wondered, is there another way? And I want you to hear Father whisper in your ear today. Because he keeps every tear that sheds from your face. He says to you today, there's no other way. Consider pure joy, my brothers. Whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must have its complete work so that you may be mature. Complete. Lacking nothing. So if we got to go through it, if we got to go through suffering, why don't we just go ahead and get good at it? Amen. Why don't we just go ahead and get good at it if we got to go through it? So let me start off with at least a little bit of good news for you. And, and I want you to hear this this morning. The sentence I want to give you, God is with you in it, and he's going to take you through it. Amen. God is in it with you, and he's going to take you through it. Passage. In fact, I, I want to take you out to a passage today. 
in the Old Testament. How many of you guys got your Bibles with you today? Hold them up real quick. Hold them up. Hold them up. You got them? You got them? Hold them up all the way. Good, 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 good. Lights? I'm okay with lights. Good. All right. Turn over. Turn over to the book of Daniel, all right? Old Testament, Daniel chapter 3 is, is where I want to take you through today. But here's the first passage. If you're taking notes, this is the passage I want to just first start you with. Here's kind of our appetizer for today. And it would be in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2. And it's going to say this. When you pass through, say through. through. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through, say through. The rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you pass through, say through. The fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Can somebody inside of your Bible just circle that word through? Oh my goodness, because that's a beautiful word. Because some of y'all are thinking, no, this is a lifestyle. God's saying this is not a lifestyle. This is a season. This is a season that you're going through. Weeping may endure for the night. Somebody, joy comes in the morning, doesn't it? That's what daddy tells us here. Now, I'll also let you know this, that we as Christians, we sit in a win-win situation. Paul said this, Paul said, for me to live as Christ, to die is gain. If I go on living, I go on experiencing Jesus. If I die, I get to meet him face to face. Do Do not think that this is all there is. Folks, this is a little room of life that we're just passing through. If I walked from this room right now and just walked through that door and left, some of y'all would go, oh, Scott's no longer with us. (laughs) Scott's no longer here. No, Scott's here. He's just in a different room than you are. And guess what? That's what we as believers, we get to celebrate in. Can I also bring you some good news? I, I didn't even think about this. First service didn't get this, all right? So God bless you guys, all right? Man, I just, do you realize, okay, we're going through suffering. We're going to go through suffering, either in it, gone through it, about to have it. But do you realize that this is the only hell we will ever experience? Now, sad thing is, for so many people outside of the walls of this place, this is the only heaven they'll yeah, ever experience. Yeah. We'll talk about that another time. When you go through, and some of us in this room, the through may be God saying, you're going to go through. Well, Scott, he died a believer. He loved Jesus, but he died with cancer. Did he go through? Yeah, he's standing with Jesus totally complete and whole right now. See, see, my mom, I remember getting the phone call. We lived in Houston. My mom was in San Antonio. We got the call from the doctor. Doctor said, Scott, you guys need to get over here quick, man. You're, you're, there's bad things going on with your mom. We drive over there. We see my mom. I was like, what's up? They said, your mom has cancer. I said, where did it start? They said, we have no idea. She's covered from head to toe. I said, how long do we have? They said, you got three months. Now, you got to know that when I heard that, as a believer, I started bowing up. I'm like, yeah, I don't care what doctors say. I care what the great physician has to say. What is Jesus? I'm bowing up. I'm ready to take my mom's hand. I'm ready to pray. I'm start ready to start calling down fire, man. Just repent. Man, I'm ready to go. And I go in there. And my mom sees me. She knows me. I'm bowed up. She grabs me by the hand and she goes, don't. She said, I'm ready to go home. You know what? She was ready to walk from this room to that room. And can I tell you, inside of this room, she may have been covered with cancer. Inside of that room, she's not. Can I bring you a word of encouragement? You're going to go through. You're, You're going to go through. In the midst, he is going to take you through. In the midst, he has not left you. Daniel chapter 3, we read the story about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Love this story. And I'm just going to tell you, there's so much stinking stuff in this story. There really is. I, I, I promise you, there's like three weeks worth of material, and don't worry, we're just going to take minutes. But, so, so let me just, real quick, 
Let me give you the summary before we dive into the passage. What's taking place is you got Israel over here. You got the children of God. You got the Jewish people. Then you've got over here King Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar reigned from about 605 B.C. to about 562 B.C. Nebuchadnezzar was the king. He was the head of the Babylonians. And in fact, those of y'all that remember your study of Daniel, remember the statue that we had? Its head was gold. Okay, the golden head, that was Nebuchadnezzar. All right, so Nebuchadnezzar, he went in and he just annihilated Israel and he, he... The people that he didn't kill, they brought back into Babylon to serve them there. Now, some of those people, they served making making buildings. Other people, they served in the courts. And here's what Nebuchadnezzar did. And we talk about an ego here. Nebuchadnezzar had an idol made of gold built in his honor. The size of this thing, when you look at the scripture, it tells us this golden idol was 60 cubits by six cubits. And I know you're sitting there right now going, whoa, what's a cubit? (laughs) 90 feet tall by nine feet wide. When y'all see that big old Christmas tree that they bring into Times Square and they put it, it's bigger than that. Picture a golden statue. Now, here's what's going on. The king, he puts this statue up and he says, okay, I don't care who you are, you need to bow. If there was ever a scriptural story that looks like our society today, it's this one. Where our government and where the accepted society says, we're going to create rules and you need to bow problem was is that the children of Israel had a higher authority that had given them words that contradicted or went and said look the king may say this but a higher authority says no higher authority gave them a word a life a blueprint a map to live by and then the king was trying to give something that contradicted what God said So the children of Israel, when they heard the word, hey, there's this idol that's been set up. And when you hear the musical instruments, everybody, we don't care who you are, you need to bow to what we have said. The children of Israel, the children of God, the Hebrew children said, we answer to a higher authority. And what you are telling us to do goes against what he has called us to do. So all of a sudden, that's what happened. The music starts up, and all the people, they start bowing down. Well, children of God didn't. Can I say this in love? Children of God don't bow to the things except of God. But then we got these punks. We got these little Babylonian narcs, (laughs) right? And they're going up to the king, and they're going, king, king. We got Hebrew children, and they're, they're not bowing. Right? Now, what was their deal? What was their beef? Here it is. Their beef was, there was the favor of God on these children. And they were getting jobs that the Babylonians were normally getting. Can I say this real quick in love? You walk as a child of God, a son of God. There's going to be favor on you. There's going to be anointing on you that the world doesn't have. Now, hear me, it's not because you're great, all right? It's not about great men of God. It's about men of a great God, amen, Amen. right? And so these guys were getting jobs that the Babylonians were normally getting. And some of you in this room, can I tell you, you're gonna end up getting positions and jobs that somebody else should have got. They've been there longer. They got more seniority. How in the world did he get it? It's not fair. It's not fair, it's favor. And so they get king. Now watch this, watch this. Because even the king knew there was something different about him. Because you know what the king could have done right there at that moment? The king should have said, cut off their heads. Right there. He could have said, I don't want to deal with this. I don't know who those punks are. Shatter right back. What? Kill them. He didn't. You know what he said? 
Bring him in. Let's give him another chance. See, there was something about children of God that the king was going, I like these guys. I don't know what it is about them. And, and, and listen, I'm going to tell you, it's normally one of two ways with us as children of God. You're either going to have times where there is favor and people are going, there's just something about you I like. They, can't, they don't know what it is yet. Other times, <laughs> other times, you know what you're doing? Man, you're freaking out the demons inside of them and around them. And they're going, I stinking hate him. What did he ever do? I don't know. But I hate him. You're disturbing the demons around them. So some of y'all need to get that figured out. Anyway, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, man, they, 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 come, they come over to King Nebuchadnezzar. And King Nebuchadnezzar is going, dude, I'm gonna, listen, listen, I'm going to give you another chance. Well, he didn't have to do that. He could have killed him. He goes, I'm going to give you another chance. Listen to me. The world will always give you another chance to bow. You stand up for Jesus today. High five. Way to be, gentlemen. Ladies, that's awesome. Junior high students, ooh, looking good. But can I tell you something? Tomorrow, they're going to give you another chance. I stood up for Jesus last night. Awesome. I hope that encourages you because tomorrow's coming. The king brought him in and said, hey, guys, listen. Right? That favor. He's like, I like these guys. Maybe you didn't get the memo. I'm going to give you another shot at this. So here's what we're going to do. Here in a second, we're going to strike up the band, right? Got a DJ over here. He's going to start kicking it. It's going to be solid. Drop that beat. And when that happens, this time, this time, kind of need you guys to bow. I love this. You know what the response of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was? We don't even need to answer you. Amen. Bro, save the DJ. Amen. Right? Just, you don't need to do this. Why? You already know our answer. Yeah. Why? You already know our lives. You know me. Yeah. You know I'm not going to bow. You know I'm not going to bow to the things of this world when they contradict the things of my Can I say this in love real quick? Students in this room, Students. You start falling in love with Jesus, start walking with Jesus. Whoo, high five, you love, ah, it's great. But there are gonna be times you are not gonna get the invitation to certain parties because people know who you are. There are gonna be people, hey, listen, please don't get offended when you're like, Scott, I don't know what the deal is, man. I I come into work and people are all standing there and they're, they're telling all these jokes and I walk up and all of a sudden they, everybody just stops. I'm like, dude, what's the deal? I was like, what's the deal? It's because they know who you are. Yep. Thank you, Lord. right, Meshach and Abednego, man, we're able to say, man, King, we don't even need to answer you, bro. You, you, you already know us. You know our reputation. And then now let's dive into this passage. In Daniel chapter 3, verse 19, the Nebuchadnezzar, he was furious. He was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude toward them changed. There's part of the reason that we knew he had favor with them, and now he's ticked off. It changed. He ordered the furnace, because this is what he said. Anybody that doesn't bow, we're going to throw you in a a fiery furnace, right? He ordered the furnace to be heated up seven times hotter than usual, and he commanded one of the strongest soldiers in the army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, wearing their robes, their trousers, their their turbans, and other clothes, they were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent, and the furnace was so hot, I want y'all to get a visual, that the flames of the fire killed the soldier who took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied up, fell into the flaming, uh, blazing furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar, he leaped to his feet in amazement. And he asked his advisors, were there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They, they replied, certainly, your majesty. Verse 25, he said, look, exclamation point, I see a fourth man. I see four men walking around the fire unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Yeah. If I was on a handheld mic, this would be the part I'd just go, good night, right? Just we're, we're out, we're out. 
I want you to see something real quick. Let me share something with you. Because this has something where we're going about suffering. The children of Israel, they were there in Jerusalem and they had their temple. That's where they worshiped God. That's where the presence of God resided. And they had their food. And they had their clothes and they had their language. But when the Babylonians came in and they took them out, they destroyed their temple. They destroyed the place where they came together and they encountered God. They took them and they put new clothes on them. They started feeding them new, different food. They even, can I tell you this? They even changed their names. Quick side note. One of the things the enemy will always try to do is jack with your identity. And can I speak this over you right now as sons and daughters of God in this room? You got a name. God has given each of you a name, and the enemy wants to try to twist it. The enemy wants to try to confuse it and make you think, maybe I've lost the right to that name. Can I tell you something? You didn't earn the right to that name, and you can't lose the right to that name. Can I say that real quick? For some of us that are in this room right now saying, no, 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 Scott, Scott, no, no, Scott. You, you don't know what I've done. And I say back to you, then you don't know what he did. Because the cross was complete. So bottom line, what I want you to be able to see is, and I want you to hear this. It doesn't matter where you're at. It matters that you're in Christ. They took them out of this place. So there may be some of you here right now, and, and I want you to hear this. Maybe some of you right now, maybe you just moved here into Utah, okay? And if you have, first off, welcome. Glad to have you. Uh, if you're like me from Texas, let me explain. They're called mountains, okay? Called, so I just want you to know what those are. But what I want you to hear is this. If you've moved your job and you're sitting here saying, Scott, at my last job, it was great. We had Bible study. We had all these godly men here. And now I've gotten to this job. And Scott, there's no believers there. Will you pray for me? I'm like, heck yeah, I'll pray for you. Pray for me, man, that I'll get a new job. No, I'm not praying that. I'm praying you'll be a light in a dark place. That's what I'll be praying for. Because, no, no, this is what I want you to be able to hear. Just because you've left this place, it doesn't matter that you've left the place. It matters who's God you've got in your heart. So the children of Israel, they're in a new location, but with the same God. Amen. Maybe you're leaving junior high and you're going into high school and you're going, oh, Scott, junior high, had Christian friends and it was good and, and I'm in high school and you think God cruised? You think God left? You know, it always kind of trips me out a little bit at the end of a service. Pastors say, Brother Jerry, pray for us as we leave here today. And Brother Jerry goes, God, go with us as we leave this place. As though God was planning on staying here. You know, God's up in heaven going, okay. Uh, I kind of was hoping to go with you guys to Applebee's, but you know. Can I, can I tell you something real quick? God's not staying here. He's going with you. He's going with you back to work tomorrow. He's going with you back to your home. He's going back with you to your school. God is going with you, my friends. Man, I'll give you this. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were taken out of the place, but their God was not taken out of them. Can I just speak a word of encouragement in this place? He's with you. He's with you. When I, when I hear parents say, well, Scott, we're just, we're just trying to get prayer back in school. Hey, listen, baby, prayer never left school. As long as there's geometry exams, there's prayer in school. You know what I'm saying? Let me just read you some encouraging promises. Deuteronomy 31.8. It is the Lord who goes before you. Oh, somebody. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. 
No man, Joshua 1.5, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you and I will not leave you or forsake you. Hebrews chapter 13, 5 and 6, keep yourself free from love of money. Be content with what you have, for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So you will confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Man. And then my favorite, Joshua 1, 9, have I not commanded? Whoa, whoa, commanded. It didn't say a suggestion. It didn't say a memo. It didn't say, huh, here's a thought. It was God saying, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be terrified. And some of y'all need to hear this word right here. Do not be discouraged. Because some of y'all have fallen into discouragement. Because God hasn't come through in the timing that you want. Can I tell you something? Our God is perfect, therefore his timing is perfect. And so if you're sitting here right now and you're going, man, God, how come you haven't shown up yet? Can I tell you something? I don't always understand God's ways, but I always trust his heart. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. The Lord your God is with you wherever to work with this group of people at that school. Wherever you go, he says, I'll be there. In Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 41, fear not for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. And then he goes on, love this. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Can I ask you a question though? We're hearing these promises. God is with you. What is the time in your life when you felt God was the furthest from you? What was the time when he felt like he was the furthest? For me, man, I can remember. Man, I was in church. I was a church brat. but was, The drug world was big to me. The alcohol, the getting kicked out of school. I can remember, I can remember that time of feeling like God was so far away. And real quick, whatever memory you just had just then, can can I read you this quick reminder? Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee? Because some of y'all fleed. You fleed hard. Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you, uh, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even, even there, your hand will guide me and your right hand will hold me fast. Surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me. Even the darkness will not be darkness to you. The night will shine like the day for darkness is as light to you. Can I tell you something? Even in my worst, when I felt, and I keep using that word felt because there's a big difference between the word feel and the word faith. Does somebody grab that? Because some of us right now are saying, Scott, I don't feel like my God is near me. I don't feel like God is nearby. Why? Because I'm looking at the circumstances. Well, stop. And start looking at your father. Start looking at, if you'll start spending more time concentrating on daddy, on Christ, on his words, I guarantee the circumstances, it's like nothing. Then Nebuchadnezzar, he leaped to his feet in amazement and he asked his advisors, weren't there three men that were tied up and thrown into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound, unharmed. Ooh, there's some powerful words right there. Unbound, unharmed. I guarantee there's something in there. And the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Now, here's the, here's the thing. Some of y'all are going, he said son of the gods. Brother, he didn't have the terminology to be able to go, well, that's Jehovah. Come on. You know what he knew? There's something supernatural going on here. 
there's something, hey baby, there's something going on. I can't, I, 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 I don't know what that is. Let me, get, let me give you the big word for the today, all right? It's the word theophany. Theophany means this, a physical appearance. A physical appearance. The burning bush was a theophany. It was a physical appearance of God. Some people say that in this situation, this is what's called a Christophany, which means a physical appearance of Jesus before Bethlehem. Yes. Either way, baby, all I know is God showed up. Yes. Can, I, can I tell you something? However God wants to do it, God's going to show up. Amen. And just for you to receive this today, in the storm and in the difficulty and the suffering, in the flames, he's there. Yes. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He will not leave you or forsake you. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, I am your God. It is the Lord God who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear, do not be dismayed. There is a fourth man in the flames. And in every single one of us in this room, I hope you hear this. He's right there with you. I don't feel it. Don't go by your feelings. Your feelings like a roller coaster, right? You wake up some morning just going, Jesus, right? And other days you're like, take me now, take me now. I pull, right? Our, man, our, our emotions change up and down. But, and so I'll, I'll tell you this. I, I told our guys, I told our guys that uh, years ago I was in a situation. I actually got held up and shot. Uh, twice in the back of the head. I have two bullets as we speak right now in the back. Did the lights go out? No, I'm kidding. I had two. I got two bullets right now as we speak in the back of my head. I got a complete bullet right here on my shoulder. And in that moment when that gun barrel hit me in the back of the head and I thought, I'm going to die. Holy Spirit went, you're not going to die. I'm here. When I was laying on that table and that doctor came in to talk to me about a stupid gallstone and instead he came in and said, we found a cancerous mass. God said, I'm here. For me to live is Christ. To die is gain. Come on, babe. seriously, I hurt for the world out there because we are in such a good situation. If we live, we get to continue experiencing community like you guys are here at this church. We get to continue experiencing Jesus. We get to continue telling other people about Christ. And then if we die, we get to see him. Win-win. Oh, come on. So let me... Let me give you a name and we're going to be done. His name is Jehovah Shammah. Jehovah Shema. And the same people that are going, what's a cubit? <laughs> the name Jehovah Shema simply means this. The Lord is here. Yes. The Lord is there. We read about it in the book of Ezekiel. And I want you to hear this. When I was on that operating table, Jehovah Shema, the Lord was there. When you got that pink slip from work, his name was Jehovah Shema. When you felt alone by yourself and those thoughts of suicide kept running through your brain, his name is Jehovah Shema. The Lord is there. When your heart was broken about that death, his name is Jehovah Shema. We will go through pain. We will go through suffering. But here's the good news. I can't speak this to everybody, but I pray I can speak it to you. You're going to go through. Yes. And he's in the fire with you. Will you bow your heads with me? Father God, I, I celebrate. I celebrate this house that... Here's the truth on a continual basis is building community and they're standing on the promises in the word of God. But Father, I, I, I pray for each one of us right now in this place that our eyes would turn away from circumstances and our eyes would be placed upon you.
And Master, I am right now. I'm praying for those in this room that are going through that fire and they've been so discouraged. They've been praying for so long and they haven't seen you move in the way that they are praying for you to move and they've gotten discouraged. They've lost hope. And some are just going through the motions right now, but today in this place, you, you mess up. They're going through the motion. And you meet them here today and you're saying to them, you're whispering to them, I have never left you. I've never forsaken you. I know where you are. I know what's in that bank account. I know what's happening in the relationship. I know about the one that you're praying for, that instead of them turning around, repenting, and coming to Jesus, it seems like they're running even harder away from God. I know. I know. And I hold every one of your tears in my hands. righteous cry out the Lord hears them the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. your name is Jehovah Shema daddy today I'm praying this I'm praying for those of us in this room today who just need to come to you in repentance and say father forgive me because I've, I've had angry times of saying, where, why haven't you done something about this? Why haven't you done something about this relationship, this bank account? Why haven't you done something? Father, we've been angry. We've shouted out at you. We, we, we've ignored you. Master, praise God, you're big enough to handle it. I don't think you're up in heaven folding your arms saying, what do I need to do? God, no, you're big enough to handle this. But as your children, we come to you today. Some of us need to come today and say, Father, forgive me. I've been, I've been leaning on my feelings, not your promises. Father, today I come to repent. And I come here to take up the promises of God. I come here today to, to say, Father, remind me. Remind me of your words. Thank you for the promises you reminded me of today. It wasn't an accident that I showed up here today. You spoke promises I needed to hear once again. Father, forgive me where I've looked at circumstances instead of you. Today, huh? Today I'm grabbing hold of Jesus. Today I'm grabbing hold of that fourth man in the fire. I'm grabbing hold of him whether I feel it or not by faith. I'm grabbing hold of that promise. I'm grabbing hold of that man in the fire. Because the fourth man is the Son of God. Master, I'm praying for those that have just been weary, tired, hopeless. I pray today, today, will you just take your big, beautiful God arms, Holy Spirit, wrap them around people in this room today that need this. Hold them. Let them feel the presence of God. Let them feel your might, your power. Father, I pray you just kiss them on the forehead. Speak it into them. I got So right now in this place, I'm just going to ask you this. Would you just do this real quick? Will you just be still for a moment? Will you ask God? Ask God. You ask God. God, from today's message, what is it that you want to speak to my heart about? Just take a moment right there. Be still and let him speak.
happens is we, we get into these moments where God starts to tug on our heart. We start to realize His very true and real presence in our life. And then the pastor stands up and says, listen, we want to open up the altar for you. And all of a sudden, just pride just rises up. And, oh, no. Oh, no, God didn't say that. But I know there are those in this place that, you know what, I, I love and thank God for His real presence in my heart. Sometimes I just need some real arms around me. Sometimes I just need someone to stand with me, someone to pray with me. And the, and the sad part is that often we'll, we'll, we'll wither on the vine as we sit in our seat because God's called us to, as Scott said, open up our heart and become vulnerable. So you have the opportunity to do as you will. But the altar is open and there are men and women in here that would love to pray with you and to pray over you and to love you. To stand with you. If that's you today, get up and come on up here. And let's stand together.